Hello and welcome to Navigating Nursing. I am your host, Laura Whitehead, a registered adult nurse, a critical care nurse, qualified lecturer and fellow of the Higher Education Academy. And I'm joined today by Abby Oakenbelly, who's a Community Learning Disability Nursing Associate. Thank you so much, Abby, for joining me today. No problem. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. No, it's a total pleasure. We're going to take you right back to the beginning of your nursing associate journey. What made you want to apply to start your training? It was an opportunity for me. I was uh, proud to my training. I've never worked in NHS before, but I've applied to several places. I wanted to because I was a port worker in the community. So I was working in residential homes and everything. And, you know, there's no, there was no opportunity to to develop really you know so I was looking for opportunity and I applied I, I just registered on NHS website and looking for jobs so and we all love NHS jobs it's found a lot of us our careers <laughs> yeah yeah so I've never worked in NHS before prior to my training yeah and how did you find the training is done you know in an NHS trust you're linked with an employer and then that's where you do your placements the majority of your placements yeah. how did you find you know starting to work at a hospital and being within that environment yeah initially it was um I'm, I'm just looking for the right word you know because overwhelming you know because starting I did the interview and during the interview it was made clear that you know it's a navy course you know they were advised that we'll be working in the hospital we might be posted to any place for our placement and they ask you know are you mobile are you willing to you know um be moved around you know so those were made very clear during the interview but having said that i didn't really get it you know mm. You know, they, they actually explain everything, but I still do not understand depth of what we be we will be doing. So when we started, you know, they said the same thing as well, but it still does not sink in, you know, because you don't know what you signed for, you know, until you actually started. It's easy it to was, say, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah it'll be fine. Yeah, I don't mind traveling. Fine. That's because, okay. Yeah, and you know, that's okay. Every walk, you know, it's very hard walking and everything. I always love study anyway. So I just felt, okay, there's no problem. I can handle it. And how did you find, we said about how you liked to study, how, had you had quite a break before you'd last kind of done any qualification? Yes, I had I'd had um, previous degrees in the past. Oh, okay. Like from my home country, I'm an hydrogeologist. I have master's in hydrogeology. We'd be aware of um, geography. Geography is the study of rock and everything above. Geology is the study of the rock and everything beneath. Oh, wow. So yeah. you've ended up doing something completely different to your different. other degree. Yeah. yeah. But then I, I, before this course, I've done opportunity, you know, that is available to me. I, I did MVQ. I got the opportunity at the place I was working before, you know, as a support worker. So I, I used it. Um, I mean, I took advantage of the opportunity and I did the MVQ. It was evident. Then before then, too, I had, you know, I had degree in social care, applied social studies. Okay. I have ordinary degree. Wow, Abby, I think studies. you must be the most qualified. You have so many degrees. 
yeah. got a collection going <laughs> so the, I guess for you then the study you were very used to kind of studying an academic study and assignments before. no I would not say that I don't think you can be used to to it because you know with every study it presents its own challenges mm. you know because I had the opportunity because I studied in Ireland Republic of Ireland and I got scholarship to do research and masters by research but I did I did not it at the end I finished everything but I had it's my analysis you know they keep telling me that my analysis my results you know the conclusion was descriptive and not uh, they said they keep saying it was descriptive you know so left you know so that's might not be able to submit, you know, because I put in a lot of hard work into it, you know, but I, I didn't just get it why it wasn't accepted, you know. Mm. So it it's uh, the unconscious um, feeling of, um, I don't want to use failure, but non-accomplishment was mm. there. It's so that it's a, seed of seed of doubt almost, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So there. when during the course it affected me a bit, you know. So but there was a lot of support in Middlesex University. You know, there was lots and lots of support. Okay. Good. That I'm helped relaxing. me to overcome, you know, that fear and the initial um feeling of doubt and inadequacy mm. that I had. And I think anyone listening, regardless of their previous qualifications, the academic writing style, what's expected and the learning is so different from every different course that you do. Yeah. Like, I'm sure you can say from your previous degrees, the writing style that you did on the nursing associate programme is really different to completely different what's expected elsewhere. And that, as you said, those skills are developed and taught, you know, within the university to help you develop um, to develop academically from that point of view. So um, some students that, that are listening or people that want to apply, they might have never delivered patient care or or done shifts before. You'd obviously worked, worked in, in a different type of care facility outside of the NHS before you started. If you can think back to when you first originally started that job, how did you find delivering that personal care side, you know, washing people, dressing people, helping change them? How, how did you find that, learning those skills? Um. When I started, I had worked in the community before with a PMLD, people with profound multiple learning disability, that we did everything for them, you know. So it wasn't a big deal to me, you know, when I was on placement in adult nursing and we had we have to do that. But having said that, the, the only issue I have about that was because personal care is part of yeah, I was fortunate to have um, to have worked alongside very good nurses that prefer to do the personal care of the patients allocated to them, and that's another skill that I learned during my uh, training. You know, everyone that I worked with on all the places that I was placed prefer to do the personal care. You know, okay, I will be saying to anyone that is listening to me. You know, the personal care from my learning when I was on placement, it's part of the job. And in all the textbooks that I've read, it is part of the job, you know. And 
because when you receive patients in the morning and you look after them, you know, their personal care, you are, you are happy, you know, you are sure that you have given them, you know, a quality care during that day. You know that when it comes to hygiene and everything is in place because you did it yourself, you know. So that's what I picked when I did the placement. You know, that people, yeah, you must be willing, you know, to do personal care, but not users because you see, when they do not have enough HCA on the shift, what they do is that they now leave us, you know, in the base. So it means that throughout the day, you'll be attending to, to um, personal care and the stuff and the clinical stuff that we need to learn, you know, will be deprived of that opportunity. And it's a difficult balance, isn't it, between yeah. yes, learning the skills because when we say you know helping someone wash shower wash their hair you know clean their teeth yes that's personal care but you're also assessing a lot from that aren't you yeah. you're assessing you know have they got any oral thrush are they have they got their yeah, dentures exactly, in do they yeah. fit yeah. will that impact their ability to eat yeah. you know looking at skin integrity and have they got any wounds or sores do they need dressings when we're looking exactly. at pressure injury yeah. risk assessment so um, uh, that is why sorry uh, to cut you that's where it is you know like from my learning you know, we have the opportunity to learn all those skills when you are assigned with a nurse, you know, at the beginning of your shift and, you know, you are giving your patients, you know, that opportunity is there throughout the shift. And we, we, we do uh, discharge, we do, we receive patients, you know, and everything is there, but at least you know that. I don't think, I don't know if anybody is complaining that they have to do that, you know, for the patient they are assigned to, then they don't know what they are. I think they should not be doing the training. Mm-hmm. And I think as well, there's the balance, isn't there, between being yeah. part of the team and, and, and learning all of the skills yeah. and also making sure that, as you said, in, in different placements, that you've got the opportunity to learn and yeah. also that you're aware of the learning opportunities that are available. So, for example, where you work, Abby, you know, I, I don't know what the best learning opportunities are because I haven't worked there. I haven't done a shift with you. Yeah. If someone said, what should my objectives be if I did a placement with you? I couldn't pick because, you know, I don't know your caseload. I don't know what your day-to-day role looks like. And sometimes that just takes a little bit of time once you've got there. And also, you know, your practice assessor, your practice supervisor, and also the, the practice educators can really help identify those learning opportunities. Yeah. And I, another thing is, you know, for every placement, I take time to study the, the placement area, you know, worth uh, the kind of care, you know, that is being um, provided there you know the type of care that they provide category of people you know i mean the the patients you know that they have and i try to look for somebody because like opportunity that we have as tna is that we are going to somebody else's placement area so you just talk to that person what do you what do i expect what do you advise that i do because most of the time and i had a lot of learning experience so, and I think it depends on, you know, every individual, every time, because like I said, I've never worked, you know, in an NHS before, you know, so I was eager to learn and I want to learn whatever and anything, you know, and in every placement area, there's learning opportunity if you are willing, you know, sometimes if the, it depends on the environment, if the environment is not favorable, you just, you just you just try to look at how you know to make it work for yourself and also that's again why the practice educators and the university are there 
to try and make sure that all of our students have the best learning experience. So we've spoken about the academic side of the course um, and making sure that you're, you're gaining from that support and also in terms of placement. Do you mind just telling us a little bit, at the moment you're a community learning disability nursing associate, do you mind just telling us about your role and what you do as a nursing associate? Yeah, um, I did my second year placements where I am working now. And to be quite honest with you, during that time, it was ambiguous. I did not really understand a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, plus the fact that, you know, it was during COVID. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people were working from home and everything. It was difficult, you know, working with a very good team, you know. Like I said, personally, I'm the person that learned on the job. Mm -hmm. So what I did was I have, um, in, I'm interested in learning disability from personal experience, mm -hmm. you know, and um, I just want to know everything that I need to know. I always, everything, you know, that I need to know about learning disability. So I read books and um, my supervisor, my colleagues, you know, senior colleagues, they were very good. And, you know, so I mean, I was invited to every meeting with the social worker, with uh, speech and language therapies, occupational therapies and everything, you know. So, so our role, you know, my role is to support, you know, the people on my caseload to, with, um, to support them to be able to assess um, um, community or hospital resources. So we work with other team members, we work with people with learn, uh, uh, language and speech therapies, you know, uh, occupational therapies and everything. So when we receive referral, like I can refer, like recently I refer somebody on my caseload, you know, to speech and language therapies. I refer people to um, psychologists. So we refer people that maybe need access to maybe funding or benefit to social services. You know, and the other teams to refer people to us that have health needs, you know, that have learning disability and have health needs. So when I said health needs, you know, anything that is uh, health, like anything on health at all, those are the people that I work with, you know, to be able to assess, you know, to assess because, you know, there is health inequality, you know, um, amongst people with learning disability mm -hmm. because of their language uh, barrier and everything. So we provide resources like uh, information, accessible information, easy read formats we do in the community, you know, to help people to be able to, to, to break the barrier the barrier that they have, you know, to be able to access, you know, uh, um, resources mm -hmm. like any other person. Yeah. They just need extra support. I think that's something that COVID has highlighted, hasn't it? The disparities in, in yeah. resources that are available and also the lack of funding. And that's why your, your role is so important. So you've also done some additional training in autism. Do you mind just telling us a little bit about some of the training that you've done? Uh, I've actually done quite a lot of training, so okay. I just, uh, yeah, you know, um, autism is uh, it's, uh, is a spectrum, you know, it has, um, I've done training on um, Makaton, you know, because 
the people that we support, you know, require, you know, language skills. You know, it's communication skill is one of the requirements of a learning disability nurse. We must be able to provide information accurately and in a format that is preferred to the person. You know, and people with learning disability have different preferred um, communication. Yeah, ways of communicating. Needs, yeah. Mm. You know, so for each person that I work with, you know, I need to understand how that person, you know, uh, the preferred communication style of the person. And communication assessment is done with by uh, people, uh, a speech and language therapist. You know, they do all that, you know, to assess the person, you know. So once that person will know, you know, and that's why I did the marathon training, you know, because some of them, you know, some of them, you, we use pegs, we use um, storyboard, you use um, sign and everything, you know. So, and when um, the, the language, the speech and language therapist, you know, I did the special course as well. You know, so actually, I've done a lot of training in the trust. Anything that becomes available that I know that is everything is important anyway with my job. So I just put myself out there and just do the training. You know, I think you raise a really good point. You know, once we become registered members of staff, you know, we've got our requirement from the Nursing Midwifery Council to revalidate every three years, and part of that is to demonstrate that we're learning, we're educating ourselves, we're continuing to develop. It's not oh, you finished your degree, you've got your qualification, you're registered off you go that's you forever it's not it's that continual learning process and I'm sure Abby you've noticed as as you've kind of embedded within your role you then realize there's more things that you don't know but you go actually yes that you know this course would be beneficial for me Uh, I know I can say the same you know for me in all of my different clinical roles yeah like I did a best uh, interest assessors uh, training as well for those with uh, the, 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 the training was actually specifically for social workers, but yeah. I enrolled in it because the people that we support for their language needs, you know, because of their cognitive impairment, most of the time they do not, they lack capacity to make decisions. And for that, and we, you, you presume that everybody have capacity until otherwise, otherwise proven. You know that person so to to give consent you know we need to that that person we have to do best interest after you know assessing capacity you know to the best interest you know so all these things you know and best interest is done you know in within mdt so i need to understand what is best interest how it's being done for me to be able to be uh, an um, an effective member of the mdt so that's why all the trainings are important. So when I see trainings like that, you know, like there's another training on, you know, care assessment and all those things because I work in the council, you know, so I need to understand social care hacks, all those assessments and everything, how, you know, because I should know to be able to support the person uh, that's on my caseload effectively, I must be able to understand their needs. And now we, would they be able to assess funding? Who is responsible to provide the fund, you know, and all those things. So it's, but it's when I started working fully, I began to understand the areas of my need. Mm-hmm. 
and I'm, you know, as I understand, okay, I need to understand this. Then when there's an opportunity, I go for it. I go for it. So it just keep go, uh, coming. I mean, and expanding, you know, and I have opportunities and I have very good team, you know, all the people, the different team members, you understand, you know, they are very good. And when I have any, anything at all, any question, I can approach anybody and ask them, you know, how do I do this? What do I do about this? Going forward, what, what are your career aims? Where yeah, do you see yourself? Definitely. Big question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I definitely, I'm going to because um, uh, nothing associates. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm glad where I am. Opportunities. Some people are still struggling to be accepted, mm. but in the community, you you are valued. You know, you're very, it sounds like you're really well. You're really yeah. embedded, and you're you're a massive yeah, you're part of the placed, team. You know. But I know that some of my colleagues are still struggling, you know, with the acceptance because it's a new role. But having said that, you know, there's so many opportunities, you know, out there. I want to top up, you know, to the degree. And my, I really want to become a specialist nurse, you know, in the future. And do you think you'll stay in the field of learning disability? Yes, I, yeah, because it's, it's so vast. You know, like I said, my son had learning disability. You know, acquired learning disability because of childhood cancer, oh, and I know that he struggled a lot. You know, mm. so it's just you know being able to support them, and then, you know the joy and the satisfaction that you know is just very rewarding, and you know you just feel good. You know when you see that you support people, and every little thing, every little thing is a struggle. You know, for some people, but when they have the right resources, it becomes very easy, you know, like, you know, like every other person, you know, so that's, you know, I, 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 I'm, I really like learning disability, community loss in general. You're an amazing advocate and your department are really lucky to have you. Thank and you. I wish you all the best in your career going forward. And thank you so much for sharing your experiences with everyone listening today. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. I hope I've been very, I've been helpful. Very, very helpful. Thank you, Abby. Thank you so much, Lara. Thank you.